Hey everyone, Jacob here. I just wanted to let you know that we are doing things a little differently this time. We had so much to say about our topic for this episode that we ended up with a ton of material and decided to release the episode in two parts. This part, part one, naturally, is focused entirely on the background and gameplay of our subject. Now, you can go through and listen to the whole thing, but if you are interested in experiencing this for yourself, you can listen to this part without spoilers. That said, enjoy. This is one of my favorite things that we've recorded, and I hope you like it too. Welcome back to It's Symbolic, where we have a lot to talk about this week. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. We also have a special guest this week, because my cat insisted on being in the room. Ah, finally. Week after week, you would tell us that you had to shoo your cat out of the room, as though it would be a problem if she was here. I didn't get it. I feel (laughs) like her. we were really missing out on some unique insight here, you know? My cat is also in the room, but she's very quiet, usually. That's okay. I just feel like that feline perspective is something that we've been missing for a while now. Uh, yeah. Like, like, we did the whole cat soup episode, and... We not, didn't ask a single we cat We didn't ask a single cat. It. it was... It really should have. Massive oversight on our same part. Thing with, we apologize. Same thing with Archie and Mahidavell. No cats there. You'd think that's a natural fit, but... uh. Mm. And how appropriate it is that today we talk about something with no cats. Zero. Yeah. Zero cats at all. (laughs) Absolutely not a cat to be seen. Not a cat in sight. I feel like even even stretching the very definition of a cat, uh, you really wouldn't really get anything that fits uh, here. I'm I'm not even sure there's any quadrupeds in this thing. Uh, Boy, now I'm going to be thinking about this. Maybe like dead ones, mm. like well, like raw th- meat, you know. I think I saw something with not four legs, but a couple legs. <laughs> Most uh, things like, have a couple of legs <laughs> <in> here. <laughs> like, you have a couple of legs, <laughs> like a, literally a few a more, more than four. <laughs> That's, that's a moderate amount of legs. More than a couple, for sure. That's a handful of legs. Yeah. We're, we're not here to talk about how many legs things have. We're here to talk about ill bleed. Man, there's a lot of spiders in this, actually. That's eight legs. Yeah. God. Where do we even begin with Illbleed? I finished playing this game about 
a bit under 24 hours before we started recording, and this whole time I have been waiting to discuss Dude, it with it like everyone. A, I finished it like a week ago, so think about where I've been. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we're talking about a video game, in case you didn't know. So that means I'm taking the reins here. I'm going to be your spooky captain on this ghost train of an episode, because it's <laughs> Halloween. and I don't think we mentioned that yet this episode, so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's not Halloween, it's October, but what is October, but... Uh, Unless you happen to be listening on Halloween. Then, well, yeah, October's no, just an extended Halloween. It's Exactly, exactly. Um, anyways, for those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot of you, because, I mean, if it's a cult thing, then I guess it would really be generally not that well-known, huh? That's sort of the whole point of this whole deal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, all right. I mean, um, not exclusively, but it comes up a lot. Yeah. Anyways, so Illbleed is a game that released uh, late into the Dreamcast's life. Uh, I'll admit right now, uh, I haven't played it up until now. I've been well aware of it for quite some time now, uh, and it's been on my list. I've seen uh, some reviews regarding it. I've seen it come up in discussion a decent amount. Knew some key imagery regarding it. And some general ideas about the gameplay. Like I said, never played it. A lot of that has to do with the fact that it costs like 80 bucks. Not really the most accessible, accessible no. thing to get your hands on. Yeah. That, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. But there's a reason for that, which I'll get to. So basically the, the key figure I'm going to be talking about today in regards to Illbleed is, uh, a guy named Shinya Nishigaki. So. Way back in the day, way back before Illbleed, uh, which was a Dreamcast-era game, his career in the video game industry goes back to uh, working in the business department of Enix. So uh, there he worked on a lot of things on the uh, the English side of Enix's operations, so a lot of localization work. So uh, he actually had a decent amount of familiarity with English and English media, considering the fact that uh, his father was an advertising executive at a movie studio, uh, and so he would often come with him to movie premieres and movie showings and other movie-related events, where he got a lot of exposure to uh, foreign films, specifically English films, which is something that'll come up in his history of development later. Especially so, uh, here. Yes. After working at Enix for a bit, he moved on to this company called uh, Climax Entertainment, uh, which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't know that offhand. Probably their most popular game is uh, a, a game called Landstalker for the Genesis, which was pretty popular. Uh, I, if, I don't blame you if you haven't heard it. but yeah, I, yeah. I've never heard of it. <laughs> All right. Me well, neither. Uh, anyways. Uh, so after doing a, a few... RPG projects up until the Sega Saturn era at Climax Entertainment. Uh, video games were sort of evolving at that point to become a more quote-unquote cinematic medium with the advent of 64 and 128-bit systems. And considering his background, he felt that, you know, he had something going on there. He could, he could uh, head off some project that would uh, be a more cinematic piece in Sega's portfolio. So in 1996, uh, he headed up a new company called Climax Graphics, which was spun off of the company he was working for, Climax Entertainment, uh, to start work on 
a new game for the Sega Dreamcast. This game actually came out before the Dreamcast released in America. It was after the Dreamcast released in Japan, but in America it preceded the release by about a week. This is a game called Blue Stinger. As far as early Dreamcast games go, it was basically like that and Sonic Adventure were some of the really big ones uh, of the release period. So despite being uh, a game with no real like associated brand power or anything like that, it went on to do really well. It sold like half a million copies total. So... Well, it's you know, practically for its first, a launch title. It's a it's a pre-launch title, which you you don't really see a whole lot of, huh? No. Uh, anyways, so immediately after production of Blue Stinger had finished, uh, he went on to work on a totally new project. Uh, Sega has sort of urged him to work on a direct sequel to Blue Stinger just because of how well-received it was, but... Uh, he decided he'd rather tackle something different. So, uh, while Blue Stinger was more of an, an, how do I describe it? Sort of like an action thriller type game. He decided to go for a horror game instead. Uh, at the time, stuff like Resident Evil was extremely popular. So it was, you know, a pretty natural pick. Of course. <clears throat> Anyways. This horror game ended up being Illbleed. Uh, it was initially shown uh, in 2000, and its initial preview described it as a haunted house game rather than strictly a horror game. So, how do I describe the notion of a haunted house game, I guess? I feel like it's best described with the actual gameplay given that it's a mostly linear track in which there are preset events that yeah will so come after you the core gameplay i've seen some people make like you know different comparisons to how it is but i really think that just the haunted house qualifier is what describes it best because it's like okay well here i'm going to kind of pretend that i know anything about haunted houses but for for you listeners at home uh, if you don't if you don't know i'm like a big time coward so i would never <laughs> dream of doing anything like that in my life because yeah i've never been in one be, either it would not be a pretty sight but <laughs> how i imagine it goes or the perception i get is that uh, i've been in a well, couple haunted houses let's see how 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 was that um well, one I went to as, I think, I might have been, like, 12, and that was quite terrifying, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there were lots of clowns and stuff, uh-huh, and they that were- is scary. And they were screaming at me. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and then another- Is that a horror thing or a social anxiety thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of both. Um, and then- Another was Terror Behind the Walls at uh, 
Eastern State Penitentiary, which I did a couple years ago, and it wasn't what I, I don't know, I wasn't expecting it to be that kind of haunted house. I thought it was just like a extra spooky tour of the penitentiary, uh. so I was... I was a little disappointed, but I still The real horror is the American <laughs> penal system. Yeah. Anyways, so I'll say it's it's no coincidence that this game stars uh, a, a cast of characters who are big horror fans, because a lot of the gameplay sort of revolves around this familiarity with horror and scary things, you could say. Because the core gameplay component is basically spotting areas that you think there will be something that's that scares you like if you go to a haunted house you're like oh i bet something's gonna pop out there i bet that's gonna start moving that's basically what the gameplay is like you identify those spots and then that nullifies their effect the key difference between uh an actual haunted house and a virtual a virtual horror land which is how this is described uh one there is combat in this you don't to my knowledge you don't actually fight anyone in haunted houses that might <laughs> no, not you if you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that might that might require a bit more of like a, a really advanced waiver there. <laughs> um, and two, uh, well, because it's a video game, anything can happen. Ooh, ooh. Though the in-game justification for this is that this is like uh, an extremely expensive amusement park that costs like millions of dollars and has like super high end animatronics and stuff like that. So basically, there's all sorts Horror of crazy animatronics shit here. before it was cool. Uh, is it before it's cool? I don't know. I feel like for as long as there have been animatronics, I, I was making been... a Five Nights at Freddy's joke. Uh, guys. I got that. I know, but I got that. But <laughs> what what would we be without sort of? Tearing apart those those comparisons or jokes, yeah. you can't have I jokes mean, here. In, what I seventh was... grader hasn't come up with the concept of Chuck E. Cheese but scary? That's very true. <laughs> I was actually in a Chuck E. Cheese not too long ago. It's missing something without a whole band of animatronics. Now there's just the one. Which That's... one? <laughs> Which one? Is it Charles just... Entertainment Cheese himself? Ah, uh, okay. That's what I would have guessed. He's hang he's hanging in there. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Do they have to like redesign him with the the updated new? <laughs> they didn't. That's split. my favorite part. <laughs> he didn't. He still has like the backwards cap and everything. Yeah. Or is it like the they one... had like a mascot character that would walk around with the new design? But uh -huh. I'm pretty sure the animatronic was the old one. <laughs> like the way old one? Because I think. That was the one we grew up, or at least I grew up with, was it? he still had, like, the bowler cap. Oh, no, not that I guess that the animatronic, one. yeah, okay, now that I think or, about it. Oh, maybe it did. I, God, I don't remember. The advertisement on the outside still had the 90s kid design. So. <laughs> uh... Anyways, continuing on. So Chuck E. Cheese actually spun off of... Uh, <laughs> That was a joke. Uh, it was, was it? actually founded by the guy that founded Atari. Really? Yeah. Because it was wrote a paper like on that. that in college. It was something like that pizza thing, right? What was it called? Showtime Pizza, I think. Okay. 
Um, we are very off topic. We are 15 minutes in, and we have not even discussed <laughs> the core plot of the game. Uh, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this game has plot. So as I mentioned, it revolves around uh, this cast of characters who are in their high school's horror movie research club. I don't think they are the entirety of the horror movie research club, but they are four members of it. And they are... Uh, so the protagonist of the game uh, is Erico Christie, uh, voiced by Lonnie Manella, who, I mean, in terms of video games, she's really a prolific voice actress. I don't think she does a whole lot outside of video games, but one role that probably people are most familiar with and that this sounds the most similar to would be uh, Rouge the Bat in this Sonic Adventure 2 uh, up until... I didn't catch like... that. No, you can, you can really hear it if you... I'll, listen, I'll but, have to check. But she's she done, also like, voices like every other female character in the game. She voices every female character in the game. Yes, because she's also the casting director and lots of stuff. My dad was always conjuring up new devices, tricks, and traps. Each one scarier than the last. <laughs> Guess who he tried them out on? Yep, me. No, no. I guess it toughened me up a little. I mean, you have to be brave to walk through a den of snakes or try to avoid trap doors to make it to your Anyways, room. so Erica's backstory, which is pretty much the only one that you get in the game. The game starts out with her uh, in this speech competition where she's describing uh, her upbringing, where uh, her father was the head of this thing called a horror caravan, which is basically a, uh, a traveling haunted house. And as she was growing up, her father would basically try out all this spooky stuff and all these spooky traps on her which uh slightly traumatic but it sort of yeah hardened her up and gave her this fondness for horror in general which led her to becoming the head of the horror movie research club and getting she has an extensive knowledge of horror movies and even starred in a movie at one point I think they also said she's like the student council president or something anyways she does it all Let's see. After that, uh, Kevin Kurtzman. All the other characters don't really get as much background. Yeah, you get uh, he's Kevin, he's, who's like the standard jack of all trades guy, the nice guy. Yeah, he's sort of his description. This is all from the manual. You don't get this in the game. Uh, is that he likes classic horror films? He doesn't like like you know modern slasher stuff. He's voiced by Jason Griffith, who would most certainly be best recognized as playing Sonic the Hedgehog himself in uh, his earliest video game voice roles from Sonic Adventure uh, up until Shadow the Hedgehog when they switched voice casts. And you definitely recognize that he was Sonic, right, Jacob? I wasn't paying that much attention, I'll be honest. Anyways, <laughs> just me, I guess, apparently. I mean, I, I'm going to Guys, be putting clips in, and I'll be beating myself up over it. So. It's tough being the only Sonic expert on here, I tell you what. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, also, he he uh, he played the uh, lead character in uh, Blue Stinger as well. Mm. Uh, you know, worth mentioning there. Which Bit of a recurring story, collaborator. Yeah, well, pretty much all of the voice actors in here were also in Blue Stinger. Or at least a really sizable number of them. And also they were in Sonic Adventure. There's a lot of overlap there. I think it must just be the same agency or something. They all worked for Sega. 
Okay, your highness. Then we three humble slaves shall bring back the 100 million dollars and you'll be sorry. Yeah. Let's see. So next, uh, Randy Fairbanks, who, he's like, God, how do I, I don't know how to describe him. He's fucking, he's a hoot. That's what he is. Yeah, you just told me, I said something about the character to you, and you just responded with, God, Randy is the man. He is. He is the, <laughs> he is the dude. Um, but, like, I feel we'll like probably the only way get into like... the best part of him later on. Yeah, but I feel like you, he's the best way that I can convey him as a character will just be like whatever voice clip Jacob will choose to put in. And now he's the meathead of the group. He is. He loves. He loves slasher movies. He loves chainsaws, and he loves <laughs> looking at hot girls in horror movies. That's. That's that's this guy. Sure thing. I'm with ya. Woo woo. <coughs> what about you, Erico? And lastly, rounding out the cast, uh, Michelle Waters, also voiced by Lonnie Manila. Like I said, all female characters voiced by her, and she's really into like occult and talking with spirits and all that stuff. I can't wait to commune with the undead. So, like I said, all this background's not really in the game, but it's sort of yeah. This doesn't come up in the game at. All. Not at all, aside from the fact that it sort of has some influence on their attributes when you play as them. Like, Eriko, when she gets into enemy encounters, uh, she is stunned for a bit less at the start. Uh, like, Randy has more stamina. Stuff like that. Let's see. Oh yeah, the plot. I'm sorry, I've been going yeah. on like really long time now. It's fine. I'm, like I said, we have a lot, we have a lot to say. So the actual plot of the game itself, uh, it kicks off when they m- receive these mysterious invites to Michael Reynolds' virtual horror land, Ilvlead, which is basically this amusement park, I guess, some sort of themed attraction where it promises a $100 million prize to anyone who can survive its six attractions. So naturally, being... Uh, such big horror fans, they they set off in hopes well, not of all of that them. prize money. Except yes, except for Erica, who thinks that it seems a bit fishy. I think I'll pass. It sounds too good to be true. Why? You just said in your speech to conquer your fear and surpass the odds. Come on, we can test your theory. Sounds like we're trying to be superheroes or something. It's no biggie. It's just a house of horrors. Probably full of cheesy props and gags. Which proves what's so weird about this. Is it fishy? Play the game and find out. (laughs) Or we can just tell you. Well, I should... I want to mention it up until now. I I meant to mention this earlier. That I sort of want to divide this into... A, like spoiler section and a non-spoiler section. That's fair because there's a lot. This to is say a game about... you need to experience on your yeah, own. There's a lot to say about going into this blind, so I definitely want to make it clear when we transition into the spoiler department. So if you can, like, you might want to go back and like mention that it's going to be non-spoilers until we say otherwise or something like that. Yeah, well, we'll just clearly announce it or whatever. Yeah. But... As for Should um, I leave at that point? Since I've never <laughs> actually experienced this game. No, like I said, I kind of <laughs> want to get your blind here. reaction. 
Because <laughs> it goes places. Yeah, but unfortunately, Mira is stuck here with us, so she's going to have to deal with any spoilers that come. Yeah, the actual, the core aspect of the game, without going into too much detail, is where you play as Eriko, transversing this horror land, and rescuing her friends one by one. You can yeah, also so each... play as these friends if you are an idiot, because Eriko is already by far the best character. <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned before, uh, every character has stats, and Eriko's, the sum of her stats is the worst, but to make up for it, uh, she has a big benefit when she engages in enemy encounters, like I said before. Other characters, if they run into an enemy without first identifying their location, they'll begin the fight crawling around on the ground, which takes a long time and leaves you really susceptible, whereas Erico doesn't. And she can make up for this stat benefit because uh, you can upgrade your character's stats. Yes, so... you literally pay for operations yeah to improve your there's stats. a lot of there's a lot of mechanics in this game almost to an overwhelming extent to be honest uh, <laughs> yeah. i honestly think that there's some fat that they could trim like okay <sighs> going over the mechanics a bit in depth somewhat in depth I'll go over them to the extent that it comes across as overwhelming and then cut it down to what's important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so each character has uh, basically uh, four stats. They have their health. They have uh, adrenaline, which is basically like the points you use to identify traps. You can only do it a limited amount. They have uh, bleeding, which... Uh, it's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. Well, at a certain threshold, it's actually way more than self-explanatory. Because bleeding has, like, five different thresholds for stuff that happens. Because, like, first threshold is running or jumping increases bleeding even more. Next threshold is you start taking damage. Next threshold is you start having your pulse decrease. And the final threshold is you die. So it's quite complicated. And then lastly, like I said, I just mentioned it there. There's pulse, which will increase uh, as you get spooked. And if you have it too high, you'll either faint or die. And if you have it too low, you'll also die. And if your health depletes, you also die. There's a lot of ways to die. It's very complicated. Yeah. And then, if that's not enough shit to have on screen at once, you have your four senses. Not, not five senses, you have four senses, and one of them is sixth sense. So, you know. Who, who gives a shit about touching and tasting? God, that'd be really good if you could taste traps. You'd be like, hmm, tastes like danger. <laughs> and there are some you places where and... it could be useful. <laughs> go up to the monster and lick it. It's like, hmm, this tastes dangerous. <laughs> Anyways. I think I'll mark you... it. <laughs> the four senses you have are sight, smell, uh, hearing, and sixth sense. Honestly, sight, smell, and hearing, they might as well be condensed into one. They're supposed to sort of clue you in onto what sort of trap is coming up, but it doesn't really do a great job of that. It's yeah, there's so much... like Just because you know what kind doesn't mean you can tell the source. No, not at all. The first, the very first, like, room in the game sort of does a good job of setting it up. Like, oh, you, there's a sight alarm, so the spooky painting is it. Or there's the sound alarm, so there's this telephone, because, you know, the telephone would ring. Or smell, there's, like, some food left out. But then after that, it all sort of falls apart. Because, like, immediately in the following hallway, it's like, ah, uh, there's a smell one, and it was this blood from behind the door that you just couldn't possibly know about. So 
it's really just best treated as like proximity sensing. It's it honestly kind of overcomplicates things in my opinion. Yeah, it means you have to go kind of slow at points. You have to go slow a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll get into later as a bit of a complaint. But um, <laughs> lastly, sixth sense uh, is a bit. It's a lot better defined than the other ones. Yeah. Success either means there's an item nearby or there's an enemy encounter nearby. Items, you don't have to tag. You just have to inspect the spot where it is. Whereas enemy encounters, if you tag them, you still have to fight, but you don't get startled at the start of the fight. So you still have to tag those in the end. So a lot to think about, a lot to do, but it's very overwhelming at the start. It's not a game that's intuitive to start out with. Yeah, I'll I'll be honest, it would probably be better if they had the second level first, as opposed to Maybe. the way that it actually is, but we'll Maybe. probably like, get into that. Yeah, it just, it doesn't do good explanation in general, there's a sort of tutorial, but it doesn't actually, like, put you against any traps or anything, it just sort of has you in this pretty empty area where it's like, this is how you find items, or this is how the horror monitor, which is the thing you use to track where the hidden traps are how that works so i would honestly recommend maybe watching a bit of gameplay first of someone who knows what they're doing to sort of get a feel for it because i just like i had no idea what i was doing the first time and it takes a bit of time to try to figure out how to run it yeah Though, admittedly, after I figured it out, I pretty much didn't have any problems for the rest of the game. My mm-hmm. only death when I played was uh, my first attempt at the first level, and then everything after that was pretty smooth sailing. And I... Honestly, for how much it builds up all these complicated mechanics, the final gameplay loop gets to be pretty simple. It's just you walk pretty slowly through the hallway, and then you just tag things as they come up, and you'll generally have enough adrenaline to just be able to expend it. So the, the actual gameplay when you're exploring, not too hard. It's unique and interesting. The major complaint I would have about it is that because the gameplay is designed around avoiding traps, it means that you don't get to see a lot of the interesting stuff. Yeah. Because, like, it's, it's, there's a lot of fun and creative traps. They get very in the inventive with yeah. a lot of... Because sort of like, what could possibly like jump out at me? Or what could possibly scare me on these halls? Some of it's obvious, some of it's not so much. So it's really fun to see. And I'm, yeah, I, I, I know there are at least know, a few like videos out there that are literally just all of the traps in the game. Yeah, so I definitely recommend checking something like that out. But it's a shame that the game itself, like when you're playing it, you don't really get to see it. Weirdly enough, the first level, and only the first level has some special animations for if you disarm a trap. But the rest of them don't. I don't know why that is. I, I didn't catch that, to be honest. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably something like, they abandoned in development. Yeah, I've got to think so. There were actually a number of things that got abandoned that, believe it or not, would have made the game even more complex mechanically, like life insurance, uh, blood transfusions, including different <laughs> blood types. God. Um, uh, what else? Different ratings at the end of a level, depending on which type of traps. So, like, sight, sound, hearing. There were, like, more levels. It was... They were kind of out there, honestly. You I, sure I you don't was... want to become a gamer yet, Mir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think they made the right call reeling some of it in, but there's still some fat that I would personally trim, just to make it more intuitive. Yeah. 
Like, uh, having to find the horror monitor in the level is just, like, one extra step of confusion that I think is totally unnecessary. Yeah, so you're just wandering around before you can even mark any traps. So that's yeah. double the danger. Yeah. Uh, uh Is there and... anything else you want to discuss before we get into spoiler territory? Yes, so the the probably the biggest complaint about the gameplay that's pretty universally shared is the combat. Yeah, the combat. I know sucks. you probably have a few words about that, Jacob. God, I mean, it's just so very clunky and difficult, and it's not always obvious. It's not even obvious at the beginning that there's weapons. So yeah. So there's actually both ranged weapons and melee weapons in the game, but what you can get in any given level varies. Fortunately, ranged weapons don't have any ammo, but they're also not particularly useful. So you're generally stuck Also, there's enemies. only like three of them in the game. Yeah. So you're generally stuck bashing enemies. Uh, you can't escape from enemy encounters. It's a pretty unique uh, method where every encounter, almost every encounter, will have uh, a helipad on it where there will be an escape ladder that you can call down by mashing a button. It's weird, but uh, I, I like how it works thematically. I think it's, it, it adds to the whole theming there. Yeah, the main issue is that it's very unclear where your parameters are. You yeah. have no good uh, way of estimating the reach, and as a result, it's a very easy for enemies, especially if you're encountering more than one, to gang up on you. Yeah. You have to play kind of safe, and that's not very fun. <laughs> but, I mean, well, I guess it depends. There's a lot of... Something can be said about needing to play safe and something like this, because it's supposed to be, like, a dangerous and oppressive environment. So, I kind of get that. Yeah. But in the end, I think combat is definitely pretty universally regarded as one of the uh, biggest red marks on the game gameplay-wise. And unfortunately, oh, even if you're bad at... Uh, the other sections of the game, items are pretty plentiful Oh, as far yeah, as being able to remedy that goes. The worst part of combat is that you cannot heal during it. Yeah, you can't bring up the menu during combat. So if you're taking damage, then you just gotta deal with it. And often because you don't know when a fight's coming up, that means you can be blindsided and sent back to the last save point just because you didn't get a chance to heal beforehand. Even if you're holding a healing item. <sighs> Let's see, anything else regarding gameplay? I will say one cool thing about it regarding gameplay, which will tie into what we discuss next, is how much it can really vary depending on the stage. Oh, of course. And how that'll really change what you're focusing on or, you know, the the stats that you need to pay attention so, to. I legitimately never knew what I was going to need to pay attention to next. Yeah. So, with that all out of the way... Before we I get guess... into spoilers, I do also want to talk about the atmosphere a bit. Yes. Because, oh, yes, like definitely. we discussed, it's all very much like a B-movie. There are specifics that we'll get into in a bit, but it permeates the whole game. Like, a yeah. lot of people have criticized it, but there's a lot of wooden voice acting, which I have to believe is intentional. What, Michelle? Why didn't you listen to Erico's speech? I don't need to. I know she'll win. Here, take a look at this. Those are guest invitations to Illbleed. How'd you get them? From a Pepco promotion. Cool! Look, we can win a hundred million bucks there. 
Yeah. Everyone is talking mm-hmm. like this the whole time. It, it. I think it's not a coincidence that... Uh, well, I, I, mean, I shouldn't say that it's coincidence. If, if you like Sonic Adventure, ask voice acting. I think you will enjoy what Illbleed offers in that department. <laughs> and... In the same vein, I know that it's equally likely that it's just poor translation, but there are so many instances of bad grammar throughout. Yeah, the particularly scenario in, uh, writing. Well, the trans it's it's funny because all the dot uh, excuse me, all the writing that's on like textures in the level is bad. Like it's really bad. There's a lot of misspellings and poor grammar because i don't think it went through localization but even the translated uh text in the game has poor uh has poor grammar and a lot of mistakes in uh it's it's writing i'll be honest it it adds to the experience at one point you can even hear a voice actor flub their line and start over it's really good um though i have to admit in some cases some mistranslations actually do lead to misinformation yeah which is a bit of a pain uh oh one thing i should mention before i forgot to mention before uh this game only has uh english voice work even the japanese version is all in english with subtitles to sort of give it that hollywood b-movie feel all right Hmm. so yeah no japanese cast i'll admit i was wondering how some of that would have worked but yep yep it's all subtitled which I'm kind of interested in seeing more of how it was translated. One thing I really like about the Japanese release is that uh, in some of the press they, they put out for it, there's like these in game, there are like uh, posters for all the levels, which are supposed to be like movies created by Michael Reynolds, who's the guy who created this theme park. So it has a lot of like really cool, like classic horror movie style posters. But then for the Japanese release in press materials, they also did like, versions of them similar to classic translated versions of those of like English horror movies, which is cool. Hmm. Oh, uh, one other difference about the Japanese version, which is really weird. The game we can we can agree that it's supposed to take place in America, right? right oh Jacob? yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in the Japanese version, everything is the same except two of the healing items, uh salad and steak dinner, are replaced with ramen and kaiseki for some reason. I have no idea why. I mean at one it's point, really some bizarre. price tags also seem like they've just been translated from yen to dollars. Maybe. That's kind of, I've seen people say that, but it's kind of unclear, because I think it might just be, like, for the comedic effect of, like, oh, this is, you know, really expensive. Though I do have to say, actually, now that you mention it, uh, there are times when in the spoken dialogue they waver back and forth between whether the prize is a hundred million or a million dollars. <laughs> So I think that might have been lost in the yen to dollar conversion as well. I don't think they. I don't think they knew. Oh, well then. So, uh, yeah. Are All we right. Go- sorry. Going right, into spoiler to, territory. Are you ready to enter spoiler zone? Yes. If you haven't and you want to, go ahead and play the game. We'll be right here waiting for you.
Excuse me. Did you see three high school kids around here three days ago? 